Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Dream On Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer, and this is a long-awaited episode where I will be talking about melatonin. Today in this episode, I will be talking about what melatonin is, how it works in your body, and also how it affects your dreams. I would like to say at the beginning of this episode that I used a couple of pretty darn good sources on this one, Um, like I used a United States government webpage, so I do trust all the stuff on there. The only thing is, there's not all that much real science when it comes to melatonin, so I will be talking about a lot of things today that are not terribly specific and they might not necessarily be accurate, you know, in another 10 years. So just a fair warning there. However, I think it's still going to be a good episode because melatonin is something that a lot of people take. My sister takes it every night to sleep and she says that it helps her. So it is something that a lot of people use and supposedly it does help a lot of people. So very interesting topic and I'm excited to talk about it. But before we do that, little bit of like a a catch up, like little life moment. Um, I am attending my new university in the spring, which is good because if you all recall, I lost last semester because of sickness. Um, So I will be like, I put off like a little, I'll be going to college basically for an extra semester because of that. But Um, instead of transferring there this fall, I'm transferring in the spring to my new university and it's going to be awesome. I'm super excited. I'm touring it in a couple days and it's going to be great. So that's going to be awesome. But also today was the 2022 Spotify wrapped for the podcast. And I would just like to mention that and celebrate that this podcast has been up for long enough for me to have two separate Spotify wrapped to show for it. Like, it's been amazing. And I have a few stats on here. Um, This year, the number of people who are following the podcast increased by 81%. And listener score, like the rating that we have, is 4.8 out of 5 stars, which is amazing. And we are in the top 5% most followed podcasts on Spotify because 22% of listeners follow the podcast, which, to be honest, is not, like, perfect. So if more people want to follow the podcast, maybe we can boost that up a little for next year, you know what I'm saying? Especially if you're already listening to every episode, why wouldn't you just follow? So then you know when more come out. Especially because I've been a little sporadic lately with the releases. Like, you got to follow to know when a new episode comes out. And, okay, this is like everybody's favorite part, is the country statistics. The podcast was heard in 69 countries, which is, I think, the same number of countries that listened last time. So I don't know if that's, like, changed at all or if, like, the same countries are still listening. But the top five countries, all right, number one was the United States. Whoop, 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 United States, USA. USA. And then number two was Germany. Germany, I don't know if you guys have a little chant. <laughs> I only know the USA chant. And then the UK in third place. The UK. Guys, you let Germany beat you. Germany and the UK have been fighting for that number two spot ever since the podcast started. And today, Germany won. They beat the United Kingdom. 
and they got the number two slot. The UK is in third. Then in fourth place, we have the Netherlands. You guys kind of slid in there, Netherlands. I mean, you guys beat out Canada, who are in the number five spot. So Canada, to be honest, you guys are slacking off. The Netherlands came up out of nowhere. They kicked your butt, and they're in the fourth spot for the most number of listeners out of all the countries in the world. So thank you specifically to those countries. I'd like to thank the president, Joe, because I know he's a huge fan of the podcast. Um, and I want to thank Kamala, who's the one who introduced him to the podcast. Oh, also, um, I will probably have to edit some coughs out of this episode because I actually recently got COVID, which is funny because I've talked a lot in past episodes about how I haven't had COVID yet and all this stuff. And then I got the stomach flu. And then two days after I got the stomach flu, I got COVID because my grandfather's neighbor had COVID and he gave it to my parents. Moving on into the episode. <laughs> um, I am going to talk today about melatonin and I think that we should just get started right away, you know? So buckle up, settle in, and let's talk about what melatonin actually is, right? What is melatonin? Melatonin is a hormone that your body naturally begins to produce as soon as you're in darkness. So we can obviously assume that naturally this is supposed to be after sunset, but more modernly because we have, you know, electricity and lights um, that are artificial, uh, this comes less into play, which is why some people who have insomnia start taking melatonin, uh, why they start taking melatonin supplements, because of this whole idea, which is that uh, they say, you know, oh, I don't have enough melatonin in my body because of all the lights and like because of my phone. So I just that's why I can't sleep because I don't have enough melatonin because I'm not in the dark. So melatonin is very interesting in terms of like how it's made in your brain as well, because it is synthesized in your endocrine system from serotonin. So melatonin is a derivative of serotonin. And they have confirmed in studies that that whole idea that like technology and light can prevent the, that natural increase of melatonin in your brain, which is supposed to happen. So they have proven that that's true. And they have actually proven specifically for this one disorder, which is called delayed sleep-wake phase disorder, and it's abbreviated. It is abbreviated as DSWPD. And this is a disorder in which someone sleeps from like between 2 and 6 a.m. to between 10 and 1 p.m. as their natural sleep cycle. So most people, you know, tend to fall asleep before midnight, but these people genuinely just cannot fall asleep until between 2 and 6 a.m. And it is a real diagnosed sleep disorder that people have where they just, they're delayed for some reason and their body does not, it's not on the same clock as everyone else's. And they have proven that taking melatonin um, can assist these people in falling asleep sooner Unfortunately, when I was looking at it, it actually looked like the only, um, like the biggest kind of increase that they found they were able to cause was like the people were able to fall asleep like 30 minutes sooner than they would if they didn't take melatonin, which is obviously not ideal because if you're going to sleep at 
2 a.m. versus going to sleep at 1.30 a.m. It still sucks because you're missing out on a ton of hours. But I mean, it is significant. Like 30 minutes is a significant amount of sleep. And also, at the very least then, right, this does prove that taking melatonin actually does impact how you sleep. And in the same study, they did find that these people reported feeling more awake during the day and they felt that they were getting better sleep at night. So they did believe that the melatonin was was able to help these people sleep for not just like from an earlier point, but also as far as the quality of the sleep, they did believe that the quality of the sleep was increased. However, because this was a self-report, like the people did say, oh yeah, I believe my sleep was better. You can't really say that it's maybe super accurate to their physical body and what the physical body is saying because you just don't know. It's it's psychological, right? So it doesn't invalidate their opinion. It just means that their opinion might be from something else, such as the placebo effect or something like that. Now, in terms of melatonin use, very interestingly, it has skyrocketed in the last 10 years. So over the last 10 years, probably due to the internet is what I would assume, um, a lot more people have started taking melatonin because a lot more people have started saying melatonin helps me personally go to sleep for my insomnia and all this stuff. So the use of melatonin has greatly increased. Obviously, this is talking about the United States because I'm using a U.S. government uh, website as a source. However, I'm pretty sure since most of us have heard of melatonin globally, there are probably a lot of other places in which this is the case as well. And not just in the last 10 years, but even just in the last few years, melatonin use has really gone up. Like since, I mean, the late like 2018, 2019 sort of years, it's really, really increased by a lot. And now a lot of people are taking melatonin. But the thing is, um, in terms of studying melatonin, there have been a lot of short-term studies as far as health and well-being of people but there have actually not been any long-term studies in terms of taking melatonin for extended periods of time. But the only thing is about that, right, that's not as concerning is that melatonin is like it goes away very quickly in your system because it is something that your body produces and processes naturally. So the the melatonin that you take is typically gone from your system within just a, like a couple hours. So that's not really the concern that it like stays in your system. And because of that, it is good for people with insomnia who want to take something because even if you took it at like 2 a.m., it would probably be out of your system by like 5 a.m. So it is something that you could theoretically take in the middle of the night, and it's not something that you would expect to cause a drowsiness effect during the day. So in terms of a sleep aid, that does give it an edge over like a lot of medications and stuff that people take because it doesn't have that kind of daytime drowsiness effect. It's something that is a very short-term impact, and it's not something that you would ever expect to have a longer-term effect on you. This is from a Healthline article, if you want to look at it. it. was looked at in a hallucinations study because they had several people that they were studying who had issues that like at night when they would be, I don't know if it was like when they were sleeping or what, but like they'd be laying in bed or whatever. And they would, they would have these hallucinations of like things in the dark 
like that would just like be in the room or whatever and they would have these like they were basically like terrors that they would have at night these horrible like hallucinatory visions of monsters and like hearing things at night and then in the study when they gave them five milligrams of melatonin it like completely eliminated the hallucinations and then if they gave them any less than that any less than the five milligrams then it didn't help and so it was like they found this like specific this very specific thing where melatonin was able to eliminate hallucinations at night for a select group of people. So I would actually think as like a guess that if they studied melatonin and uh, sleep paralysis, then melatonin might be able to help prevent like kind of seeing things in sleep paralysis. But I don't know for sure because I don't know how those two things would interact since obviously if in this case the hallucinations are when they're like waking up and it doesn't come with that like freezing and like not being able to move that comes with sleep paralysis i don't know if these would be the same thing but i would be really really interested to hear about them studying how melatonin and sleep paralysis are related so that's just kind of my idea for something that i think would be interesting to look at in the future but melatonin in general does create more opportunities in your sleep cycle for REM sleep but it also seems to play a part in how our brains erase our memories of dreams because when mel like at a certain point in your sleep okay and they don't know how this works for sure because all of this is still very uncertain science but at some point when you're asleep melatonin helps in the production of this other hormone and this other hormone they think helps to erase our memories of our dreams before we even wake up and it starts producing this other hormone that they think is like the memory eraser, even while you're still in the dream. So the presence of melatonin actually helps to erase the dream, which is totally contrary to the whole idea that people have, which is that melatonin increases dream recall and like increases the number of dreams you have. And I think that the reason for all of that is because of the fact that melatonin makes you have more REM sleep. So then on the whole, throughout the night, you're experiencing more dreams, but also having the presence of that melatonin, it still does the thing it normally does, which is apparently helps to erase dreams even as you're having them, which is truly fascinating. And I had no idea about that until I started researching this for the episode. So that is like some weird stuff. Um, Moving back into like the sort of health aspects of melatonin, you cannot build up a tolerance to melatonin. That is not possible. And they've proven that, which is interesting because I would have assumed that you could build up a tolerance to it like anything else. But no, it continues to work, you know, the way it does um, always. And so there's no there's no point where you'd be like, oh, you know, I'm building up resistance to it. Like that doesn't happen with melatonin. And so because of this fact, because there's no tolerance level, doctors do not believe that melatonin is addictive. But uh, like I was saying before with like the health stuff, if you think that you have like a melatonin problem, <laughs> then don't be afraid to like stop, you know, do whatever you need to do, like take care and don't do something that you think is not working out for you. So just, you know, keep all that in mind. Um now, essentially, in case you hadn't noticed, 
when we take all these things together and we put them in our big mixing bowl, we don't really have all that much in there. Like there is not a whole lot of factual information about melatonin. We have a lot of anecdotes. We have a lot of people who have used melatonin and been like, oh yeah, it works for me. And like some people are like, oh yeah, it doesn't work for me. Like um, for me personally, I've taken melatonin before to try to sleep better. And it's interesting because in my personal experience, when I take melatonin, I wake up at like 2 a.m. and I'm like awake. Like melatonin for me causes this weird early wake up period and I can't kick it. Like it's every time I take melatonin that just happens for some reason. And I think it's because like the melatonin will wear off at some point, um, which would line up because it's probably like four hours after I've taken it. So, you know, the melatonin will probably like finish and then I'll finish whatever sleep cycle I'm in at that time and then I'll wake up. So for me personally, I have not noticed a positive um, correlation in terms of sleep sleep quality with melatonin, but my sister does. She uses it every night and she says that she can't fall asleep without it. So it really does just depend. But as we kind of explored in this episode, there aren't really a lot of negative side effects, just um, kind of the typical things you'd expect, like... uh, headaches, nausea, uh, depression, like those sorts of things, right? Because it's kind of, it kind of brings you down a little bit. And so if it brings you down a little too much, then that's not good and you might not feel good. So in that case, just don't take it anymore. Like in general, unless you're allergic to it, there probably aren't a lot of negative side effects that you'll encounter. So in terms of sleep aids, when compared to the things that you're lining it up with, Melatonin is not dangerous compared to a lot of the other drugs that are the alternatives because melatonin is a supplement and it's something that's found naturally in your brain. So the chances of it harming you when you take it are probably quite low, but I'm not a doctor, so don't sue me on that one. (laughs) But it is very interesting still to look into melatonin and know that something that's produced naturally in our bodies every night is still something that Doctors can't quite put their finger on what it does or how it works or any of that stuff, which is pretty common when you're looking at brain science, but it's still a little bit frustrating as someone who wants to learn about something. So that's all a little bit crazy, but that's melatonin. So I did think that there would be more information on it just because so many people are taking it. But there's not that much info. I mean, the last thing would probably just be that most of the melatonin that's available in terms of like the supplements that people are taking is not from a natural source. So it doesn't come from, uh, I know they can grow it, not in like bacteria, but it's like something similar to that. You know, it's like those tiny little things. Um But I know they can grow it like that, but that's not normally how they get it. Um, I believe that it's like kind of manufactured. So most of the melatonin that you're getting is not naturally made melatonin, but you know, it's, it's, I guess it's indistinguishable from naturally made melatonin. So unless you're like, it has to be from an animal, then I don't know if that's really that concerning to you, but I don't know what your tastes are when it comes to stuff like that. And I don't really know a lot about that. Um, But that's still interesting to know. And also probably more interesting to know is that 
In terms of dosages, melatonin is not very reliable. So even if it says on the outside, oh yeah, each tablet contains five milligrams of melatonin, they have found that in like 20% of the samples they tested, that dosage was not correct. And if they're saying it's not correct, then that means it's like significantly wrong. So they've found, you know, a milligram more, like a milligram less, or maybe even more or less than that. Like it's a significant amount that is actually different. So that is also something to be aware of that the amount that you think you're taking, you might not be taking. You might be taking a little more or a little less. And when you're getting down to milligrams, you know, it probably doesn't matter all that much. But when you're taking, like you think you're taking a certain amount, it is not great to know, oh, well, actually I was totally unaware that whole time. And maybe if you switch to a new pill, you're like, wow, this just isn't working the same then maybe it's because the other one that you were taking, you were actually taking more than you thought you were every night. And you just didn't know because the brand and that manufacturer was just not reliable in terms of the dosages you were getting. So that's not great as a consumer, but it's just kind of where that like supplement, the whole supplement like industry is at right now. There's just not enough regulation and stuff. Uh, and not just in melatonin, just all of that stuff. So that's like a totally different topic, but I think that that kind of brings us to a close on melatonin. And as a short announcement here at the end, we are just about to hit 50,000 plays in terms of the number of listens to the podcast as a whole. So the whole podcast has gotten almost 50,000 listens. So thank you all for listening. And as a little special for that, okay, I have decided that I'm going to release a video podcast and I will put that on Spotify and on the podcast YouTube channel. And I will be doing a special little book club episode and it's going to be a video podcast and I will be in it. So you will see my face. It will be amazing and it'll be like a fun little thing. And then on that same episode, I think I'm going to open the podcast discord that I've been working on for a very long time because I keep putting off releasing it because <laughs> I like need to finish it and I'm like procrastinating and not figuring out how discord works and it's this whole thing. So I am announcing that I'm going to do it. I'm going to release the discord with that episode and it's going to be great. So look forward to that. Keep listening to the podcast so that we can get up to 50,000 plays and I can release that exciting episode. And other than that, I think all that's left to say is that you should dream on. Thank you for listening and goodbye, guys.